Hello and welcome to the weekly message podcast from Crozet United Methodist Church in Crozet, Virginia. We invite you to join us in person any Sunday for our contemporary service at 8.30 a.m. or for a more traditional service at 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetumc.org for further information. We hope you enjoy this week's message from Crozet UMC. Thank you so much. Um, it has been an incredible arrival here in Crozet. This congregation has been so proactive in surrounding myself and my family with love and support and a tremendous amount of food. Y'all are wonderful. Um, it has been a wonderful journey and God has continued to bless my family. We got very excited the moment that we found out we were coming to Crozet. And when my district superintendent called me and told me that I was projected to come to Crozet, he said, do you know where Crozet is? And I said, yeah, that's where Dougie Fresh Forest are served. <laughs> and he said, excuse me? And I said, oh, sorry, I, I kind of came up with that myself. Um, but Doug and I had many encounters when he was working with the Board of Ordained Ministry. And I remember when I was at a provisional event and he was teaching uh, a leadership inventory seminar and Doug had me fill out this disc inventory and he came around and he looked at it and it's kind of this chart plot thing. And he said, you and I are the same person. And I went, really? <laughs> and he said, no, 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 our leadership styles apparently are very similar. And I thought, oh, okay. And he said, uh, where are you at? And I said, well, I'm the associate at Larchmont United Methodist Church in Norfolk. And he said, oh. He said, well, I'm currently the pastor at Crozet outside of Charlottesville, but I'm going to be moving to Richmond. And I said, well, you say that with such love and affection that you're moving. And he said, I'm a little disappointed. So it was my pleasure to come here to some place that still resonates in Doug's heart. I saw him at a licensing event for local pastors where we were both teaching, preaching, and uh, he said, Crozet. So that's all you got to say, right? Crozet, that's it. So I want you to check out this scripture that we're going to be looking at this morning. We're going to go all the way back to the Old Testament, to the book of Exodus. Okay, would you look at the scripture with me? On the third new moon, after the Israelites had gone out of the land of Egypt, on that very day, they came into the wilderness of Sinai. They had journeyed from Rephidim, entered into the wilderness of Sinai, and camped in the wilderness. Israel camped there in front of the mountain. Then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the Israelites, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession out of all the peoples. Indeed, the whole earth is mine, but you shall be for me a priestly kingdom and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the Israelites. So Moses came, summoned the elders of the people, and set before them all these words that the Lord had commanded him. The people all answered as one, everything that the Lord has spoken we will do. Moses reported the words of the people to the Lord. Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, we give thanks for the presence of the Holy Spirit in us and in our midst, and we pray that during this time of the proclamation of your holy word and the message that comes from it, that the Holy Spirit will once more open our hearts and our minds, our ears and our eyes, so that having heard your word again, that we may open our arms joyfully in mission and ministry together for the glory of your kingdom. Amen. Okay, so I don't know if you can see me better up here. Is this better? 
Okay, I will be over here. Tried to wear some tall shoes, maybe it didn't work, so. Well, I am grateful to be here, and one of the things you always think about when you're a pastor is, what's that first sermon going to be? What am I going to preach to my congregation for the first time? What am I feeling like I should be talking about? And it just so happens that God lovingly leads us to the conclusion, and that is that today is Communion Sunday in the life of the church. And all over the world, and certainly in Methodist churches, the people of God are coming together at one common table and partaking in this tangible sign of God's grace. So I thought, the new covenant, let's go back to the old, and we'll make our way to the new. And covenants are really important, right? We were in this July 4th weekend as our gorgeous altar indicates. And one of the things about July 4th is that this is when the country declared its independence, right? The start of the country when those colonies rebelled and decided that there was something more that they needed to do and be. And in the midst of that, 56 men boldly proclaimed that they were going to do this new thing together. They covenanted. If you go back and look at the Declaration of Independence, you can see the language of covenant inside of it. There's the invocation of God, and they conclude it by saying that they pledge to one another their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. That in this thing we are doing together, that we are being knitted together, held accountable, and are willing to stick it out to the brutal end. And they did. And as we are celebrating this weekend, and especially tomorrow, it worked. Thank God. Because out of the independence movement of the colonies came Methodism. And we are grateful to be here today in a church that celebrates the diversity of gifts among all people and the calling of both clergy and laity to be in ministry together. And one of the most unique things about Methodism is our doctrine of grace. There is nothing like it in all of Christendom. It is a fantastic way of articulating that God not only wants to grant grace to every person, but that God is actually moving first to do that. That even before we realize that we've messed up and that we need to repent of our sin, that God has already moved in our direction, is embracing us and offering us the opportunity to receive that forgiveness and go forth as new people. I can't think of any better theology in all the world than that. And I have a degree in world religion. There is nothing like it. We are privileged people, not only in the Methodist church, but in Christianity. We are the descendants, the spiritual descendants, of that same covenant you heard about in Exodus. Now let's talk a little bit about covenant. So you might be familiar with contracts, right? Contracts, very legalistic. And it's one party entering into a binding agreement with another. But if things go wrong, you can have it adjudicated in a court. It can be dissolved. It can be resolved. It can be mediated, whatever you need to have done. And then you can either continue to stay together or you can depart. Right? We see this particularly with persons in the form of divorce. They get married legally and then they can divorce. Well, clergy like myself and Jessica, who is in Belize doing the Lord's work as we speak, are not only entitled by Virginia law to pursue legal marriage, that we can perform that, but we are bestowed the authority by the church to perform holy matrimony. So one of the things that I tell people when I'm explaining my authority to perform a marriage is that I don't perform legal marriage. I perform holy matrimony. 
It's a sacred covenant where we come before the presence of God and we invoke God's presence not only in the union, but in the marriage itself and the families that are being formed together as one, that this is part of what holy matrimony means. And it just so happens that the state of Virginia, the Commonwealth of Virginia, excuse me, recognizes that my holy matrimony is legal. But if the Commonwealth decided to revoke that authority, would I stop performing holy matrimony? Absolutely not. Because it's about a covenant. It's about God's presence with us, in us, and through us in whatever relationship that we're pursuing. And so as God has outlined in Exodus, we are being called to something deeper, profound, and life-changing. And as we are moving into a new state with my pastorate coming into the midst of the pastorate that Jessica has already begun and a church that long pre-exists both of us, it's important to remember that God doesn't make covenants anymore with single people. Even if you go back to Genesis and you see the covenant with Abraham and with Noah and with Isaac and Jacob after Abraham, you'll notice that God keeps referring to this covenant with you and your descendants after you. That God is interested in making a covenant, a binding relationship with people, not just one single person that we are called to live in community and called to be bound and knitted together into this tapestry of community. And if you look at the covenants at Sinai, you'll notice that God isn't even really talking to Moses. He's talking through Moses. I love it when the leader simply becomes the messenger boy. I love it when it's not about us as the leaders, but instead about you and God in our place in helping that relationship grow stronger and become more poignant for all of us. Sinai was a pinnacle moment in the Old Testament, and I think you could argue in all of human history, where God said, I am focusing my attention, my blessings, and my grace upon you. And all those who desire to come after you and become part of this covenantal relationship are going to receive these very same blessings. Now, that's not to say that there won't be trials, Right? I love how immediately after they all get to the foot of the mountain and they receive this covenant and they say to Moses, yes, everything. We will do everything that God said. Go tell God. And Moses goes back up the mountain and tells God. And then what happens? Do you know? They have to go scout out this new promised land. And they get in there and they see these giants and they go, I don't think this is for us. <laughs> right? You need to find us a new timeshare, God. I'm not buying into this one. And so they come back and only two of the spies are willing to put their faith in God. And God says, this isn't right. You either have to have full faith or this is never going to work. And so they wander for 40 years until the generation that refused to trust was gone. And then a new generation had come up and their entire existence was built on receiving the promised land. So many times in the scripture, they come so close. They can see it over the river and yet they cannot enter in. But they cling for 40 years to the promise that this will be ours because our God said so. It's a powerful and profound message. And so these people, they persist, they pervade, they continue to grow in numbers and in faith, and finally they take possession of this land. So my message to you is that leadership does come and go, but that the presence of God and God's people is eternal. And that God is not present among you conditional on 
who the vessel up front is. But instead, that with every different vessel, you get to see a new side of the God that we know and love. And that I will show you something that Jim didn't show you. And that between all of us whom you have seen up here, that you will have a fuller picture of God and what God can do. And that just as I stand before a new congregation now, I'm ready to see a whole new side of God that I have never seen before. And I am ready to encounter God in radical ways. Not only in the way that you love me and my family, but in the way I watch you love each other and love this community. So back about a week into June, the bishop asked and invited all of the ordinance, 23 of us, to go on a retreat. And I say asked and invited, but it was more like you will be there, so we were told. But we all went on this retreat up to Richmond um, to an Episcopal retreat center, of all things. And we were up there with the bishop and had um, about 36 hours of nonstop interaction with the bishop, which is pretty radical, considering that this is the second largest conference in the world of Methodism. So for us to have that kind of face time with the bishop is a really big deal. It's an honor and a privilege also. And so as we were there, the first night, uh, I was cleaning up not only my dinner plates from, from the meal, but also my friend who's an ordained deacon is wheelchair bound, and so I was helping to take her plates away too. And as I went over and was putting them in the, the dish rack, uh, the bishop comes up behind me and he says, Sarah, yes? And I turn around and there's the bishop. And he says, you know, Crozet is a very important church. <laughs> yes, bishop. I have heard. And he says, well, the cabinet, meaning the, all the district superintendents and I, we think that it's a very important church. No pressure, Bishop. <laughs> and, you know, Doug did very good things there, and Jim has done very good things there, and we are expecting very good things from you. <laughs> I'm on it. <laughs> so the bishop is watching us. The district superintendents are watching us. I have clergy that are watching us. And I know that there are other churches that are watching us. And some of them are wondering if a slightly flamboyant, maybe a light, little eccentric 35-year-old female pastor can show the world God in a new way. But they're wrong. They're absolutely wrong because they're not going to look and see what I can do. They're not even going to look and see what you can do. They're not going to look and see what we can do. We are about to show the bishop and the cabinet and the clergy and the congregations of the Virginia Annual Conference what God can do. Amen. We are going to show them that God can do incredible things through people who are willing to revive within themselves the covenant of Sinai and the covenant of in Jesus' blood that makes it possible for us to continue to keep God's commandments. Commandments that were built around preserving the dignity of every human being, valuing life, letting our love and our compassion be embodied in acts of kindness and mercy. We are about to show this world that Christ is alive and well and that we are able to do incredible things not because we are amazing, but because our God is. 
I think we're on the verge, the precipice of something very incredible here. And the fact that none of you have asked me to remove my shoes yet, I'm going to take as a good sign. In fact, I got inundated this morning with, which shoes are you wearing? We're going to go on a wild ride together. I have no doubt that the future is bright and bold. And there are some personalities up here that are going to give me a run for my money. <laughs> and I look forward to it. You are a blessing, not just to me and to my husband and my child and my family, but to one another. And I can see it on your faces. And I pray that as these days go forward, that they on the outside will see it and they will want it too. What are those people drinking and eating? Why do they look so vibrant? What is it about them that lets them be so joyful in the midst of a world that is being ravaged by hatred and violence? What is it about these people that lets them have this calm serenity, this peacefulness in the midst of stress and struggle? What is it about these people? Jesus Christ. That is who we are and what we will be. And by the work of the Holy Spirit, beginning here at this table, we will be transformed yet again. Over and over again, we as Christians grow and are molded and remade and redeemed. I look forward to this journey with you. And I know that the future is bright because God is good all the time. God is good. Amen? Amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you found the message meaningful, and we invite you to join us in person as we gather for worship at Crozet United Methodist Church every Sunday at 8.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetumc.org to learn about ways you connect with God and your neighbors through the ministries of Crozet UMC. Have a great week.